We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. The purveyor of Dalvin Cook articles when you need them, Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, <clears throat> Dalvin Cook still uh, conspicuously lingers out there on the uh, free agent market, but we have recently gleaned intelligence on why he might be dragging his feet. Um, Break it down, dude, because I know there's a lot of Broncos fans who listen to our podcast who feel like Dalvin Cook is that missing key. I mean, yeah, I appreciate everyone reading the articles. It seems to do really well lately. A lot of Broncos fans do want Dalvin Cook. Um, Basically, what I wrote about was Scott Pioli, former Falcons GM, now an analyst for ESPN. It was pretty common sense and pretty elementary, but when Cook was cut by Minnesota, he had a $2 million guarantee remaining. So he's due that money regardless of whether he plays or doesn't play. And for the Vikings, it would mitigate the cost if he signs with, with another team. So basically what Pioli said, and again, it's common sense, is that he's going to sign for above $2 million to make him feel good and make him feel like he's making money from his new team. Obviously, he's going to get well north of $2 million. I heard reports that he seeking at least $10 million annually per year. I don't know if that'll come to pass considering that even Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs can't find uh, you know, multi-year deals with a lot of guaranteed money right now. But that's the gist of it. Dalvin Cook's worth more than $2 million. Breaking news. Scott, did you just notice Zach cut out or was that just on my end? Yeah. Weird. I noticed that like a little bit on our last podcast for what it's worth. Like not as bad as it just barely was. You cut out and then everything came rushing back. So it's not like anything was missed, but it was like talking and then and then catch up almost like what it does what it's been doing scott like when we delay right like the the video delays and goes lag and then all of a sudden and now it's back stream yard stream yard get it together um yeah the whole idea of dalvin cook look i think the bronx are going to be okay i think javante williams i mean we've heard it from the team but he is quoted at the uh, patrick sertan camp as saying 
Hey, everyone's telling us this is the media, right? Everyone's telling us, Javante, you're going to be good to go for camp. What's the truth? And he said, that's the plan. My name's Rufus. That's the Trufus. I don't think it's going to work out exactly like that, where like you get to training camp day one and he's just grinding unencumbered completely. I think he will be, even in the best case, Zach, drip fed into like full involvement and full activities. But um, I wouldn't hate it if Dalvin Cook signed. I just don't feel like it's that big of like this um, knee-jerking need. Sam Bam, though, jumping in. Appreciate you, big dog. Very generous super chat. He says, evening, everyone. Did you see ESPN's article about why some of these big-name running backs are not signed? It shows the NFL is taking more of a running back by committee approach. Plus, quarterbacks run more in today's NFL. It is interesting, Zach, how it went from, you know, quarterbacks being, in many cases, the best athlete on the team because of their arm talent and how they could, you know, scramble and move around with their feet, like 80s, 70s, 80s. 90s, you start seeing it slightly start pivoting to the pocket quarterback with like the the rise of Peyton Mannings and then the Tom Brady's and all that. And it, the pendulum has kind of started swinging back to where it's kind of a 50-50. It's not just the Matt Ryan drop back guys, the Peyton Manning drop back guys. Like more and more of these, these quarterbacks that are coming out that are highly drafted, that go on to have success. I mean, Lamar, even Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes not so much of a rusher, but a, a, a buyer of time with those feet. It is becoming more uh, predominant. Do you think that has something to do as Sam here wonders uh, with the running back by committee approach the NFL seems to, to really be fostering? Yeah, I appreciate Sam bringing up the same point that I was making. Running backs have become devalued almost like inside linebackers have become devalued in recent years. And I'm sure the, the growth of the running quarterback has something to do with it. But in this day and age, you need two or three guys every season to stand up to the rigors of the NFL. That's just, you know, change and evolving with football. So wherever Dalvin Cook signs, I think he'd be the guy. But if he goes to Miami, let's say, which is the front runner from what I've heard, he would still be partly in a committee because they have a bunch of running backs as well under Mike McDaniel. If he came to Denver, he would be in a committee with Pookie and P. Ryan. We all would like uh, Dalvin Cook again. I'll say this, but he's he's a luxury. He's not a need. And I do think he'll end up in Miami when it's all said and done. Um, real quick. Yeah, you guys might have noticed on YouTube we, we changed up the thumbnail. I just felt like our thumbnail is just – it was time for a – it's time for something new. So glad to hear some positive feedback on it. It is different than what we've done in the past. Thank you, Raul. Troy, what's good, big dog? The Fawn Donkey in the house is his Twitter handle. Uh, that's his Twitter handle, Fawn Donkey with PH. He says, hey, guys, unless a wide receiver gets injured during camp, I cannot imagine we don't trade one or two of them. If so, who would it be and what would be the timing? I'm not as uh, sharing a brain with you on that, Troy. I don't. Um, all things being equal, the Broncos stay completely healthy. They're not exactly – I think it is a sleeper strength of the roster, but, like, I don't think it's such a, a strength that, like, they can afford to be choosers. You know what I mean? Where the phrase beggars can't be choosers um, because you need – you're going to need those guys. 17-game season now. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Zach are very much similar – players on the grass with with two exceptions one what that separates them one Cortland Sutton traditionally not so much lately but traditionally Zach much more of a 
my ball guy, catch point guy, like find a way, make a way, turn a 50-50 ball into 70-30. Tim Patrick, we've seen some of that. That's not as much his bag. He's more the possession guy. And then the other thing that separates, and this is a plus in Tim's column, is reliability with the hands. Tim Patrick is night and day uh, more reliable and honestly the most reliable receiver on the roster. Then you get Jerry Judy. It's a top-heavy trio, I guess. Marvin Mims gives you four strong at the top. I don't know. I just don't – I'm not saying it won't, wouldn't happen, Troy, but I'm not conv- as convinced as you are that it's fate accompli. What do you think, Zach? Well, it's easier to kind of eliminate who the Broncos wouldn't trade. So that takes Jerry Judy out as far as I'm concerned. They would only take a first-round pick, and if they wouldn't get it during you know March and April, they're not going to get it in July and August. They're not going to trade Marvin Mims, and they're really excited about Tim Patrick coming back, as they should be. I wrote a, a, a an article yesterday, a piece where I named four veterans the Broncos could trade. Before yeah, we should we should we should go over that tonight. I almost forgot. And KJ Hamler was on there, and you know they gave him the rework contract, and you know Mike Kliss and other insiders said it makes him easier to keep in Denver. It also makes him easier to trade because the new team would take on I think like one point five eight million in base salary and four seventeen four hundred and seventeen thousand in incentives. You don't really need KJ if Marvin Mims is there. And they have Jalen Virgil, they have Brandon Johnson, they have Montreal Washington. They have other speedy backup types where if a team wants to flip the Broncos a 2025 seventh rounder, I could see you know Denver making that deal. So, Troy, to answer your question, KJ is the obvious one. If I had to pick another, only because he seems like he's on the outside looking in and they have Tim Patrick, I'd say Cortland Sutton. One way or the other, Chad, at some point in the next calendar year, the Broncos will have to get rid of one receiver. They can't afford to keep them all. I think the guys who have the most, the guy who has the most value. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And also, correspondingly, you could probably most afford to part with is Cortland Sutton timing wise. I think if there were to be a trade Troy, um, it'd probably be somewhere at the beginning of the preseason because that's, you know, the attrition of training camp, you start seeing the, the, the guys dropping, um, you know, I mean, usually across the league, it happens almost immediately to varying degrees with different teams. And if it strikes Zach, the injury bug strikes a team's uh, wide re- wide receiver depth chart, then all of a sudden, guys who you were interested in as a GM uh, on the trade market, but w- wasn't quite willing to part with that level of compensation, 
all of a sudden it's like, hey, I, I need to have that guy. I'm now I'm willing to give up what the Broncos were asking. So that is possible, but come on, baby, come back to us. Come back to us. But I just don't see it. It could happen. I just don't see it as a probability. Look, Leadhead 2 saying dope on the graph on the thumbnail. Stoked to hear it. Uh, hey, look who it is. The the man known in his neck of the woods as the Papa Bear, aka David McElrath. By the way, I saw David uh the notification that the jersey you won from last month out for delivery. So hopefully you got that today, big dog. Uh, he says, good evening, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Yes, Scott is back in the saddle officially. Hashtag, he says, Zach, 15 days, MHH for life. Buckham times three with a B YouTube and Denver Broncos for life. Really appreciate you, David. Great to see you in the chat. And Dylan, we hope you're feeling better, big dog. Hope, uh, hope that shoulder is healing up. He's been, uh, licking his wounds, so to speak, and not quite himself. So hopefully you're feeling feeling a little bit better. But, Zach, let's uh, – oh, wait, I just got to give a shout-out here. Aaron Lynch in the house. It has been a minute. How you doing, bro? How you doing? Uh, we have missed you. We've missed your musk, all right? You know, not to make it weird, but we have. Hope you're doing well, big dog. Keith says, Dalvin would be nice, Zach. Kareem Hunt seems more likely, but what about Ezekiel Elliott becoming a Bronco? Haven't heard a word on Zeke. What are your thoughts? I've heard nothing on Zeke to the Broncos either. All I've seen is like Zeke workout videos where he's trying to prove he's still an explosive running back, but they don't really need a power back when you have Williams and P Ryan hunt. I would easily take over Zeke just because I feel like he's a little more explosive. And also Lou Ianni, the Broncos new uh, running backs coach coached and recruited hunt at Toledo. But there's a reason that Hunt is still unsigned. And again, there were whispers coming out of Cleveland last year that Hunt was starting to break down at his current age. If you had to pick a running back on the open market, I would go, I would rank them Cook, Hunt, Zeke, and then everybody else. Like Leonard Fournette, I want nothing to do with him. They don't need a power back. They need someone that can be explosive and electric and, uh, and you know, turn a five-yard touch into a 60-yard touchdown. Big Earn, great to see you. Also, Greg, shout out on Facebook. Uh, great to see you. John Libick in the house. Been with us a long, long time as a listener and member of our community. A lot of a lot of old faces. And when I say old, I mean people who've been in our community a long time that we haven't seen for a minute popping back in. Could it be, Zach, that it's because, as David illustrated, we are now just 15 days away? I think so. I think everybody's starting to feel the uh, – the energy start to return with what's about to happen. Tom, what's going on, dude? Great to see you as well, my friend. He says, guys, I'm excited for the start of the season. Wish we would have invested some of our money toward the D-line, uh, toward D-line help. Don't know why we haven't. Guys are the best. Thank you, bro. The best. Like, duh, bears. Duh, best. Thank you, Tom. Uh, it is curious. I think, Zach, the Broncos with the defensive line, you know, this has been one of the positions that has kind of been a lingering concern, not panic button, but like a little bit of misgivings. It is curious that the Broncos seem to be in a posture going into 2023 where they are more inclined, Zach, to err on the side of second year guys taking a step forward than they are. Let's just go with, you know, a safe situation and go sign another vet. Wazirike, Henningsen seems like the Broncos are really hedging on those guys showing something this summer. And if they don't, there is still a little bit of that Evan Mathis money. They can go out and, you know, strategically fill some holes. 
I mean, I wouldn't say they, they've invested no money when you sign Zach Allen to a $80, $90 million contract, whatever it was. Um, but I do agree they need another defensive end, whether it's um, you know Matt Ioannidis or Shelby Harris or anyone that can help out and provide some veteran insurance. I don't think they're done here. I do think they have a move up their sleeve to bring in a veteran uh, later in training camp or in the preseason final cuts, whatever. They're not done at defensive line. On the other hand, I'm also excited to see what Awuzurike can do, what Henningsen can do. I am always in favor of the younger guys getting some playing time. Sorry, sorry, my friend. Uh, it is still calling you Facebook user. So what you have to do is right under the box of the video, in because you're watching from the MHH Superfan group on Facebook, right underneath there's a little link that says give Facebook permission to display your name. Click that. If you don't want to have to worry about that stuff and just have your name displayed, just go to the Mile High Huddle Facebook page or the Mile High Huddle Podcast Facebook page and those concerns. I don't know why how how, how Facebook delineates the difference, um, but I guess they figure, Zach, that if you're commenting on a public page, you're okay and understand that your name could be showed publicly, whereas a group is more of a membership-only type thing. You have to be accepted by moderators and this and that so maybe that has something to do with it but sorry to disappoint you big dog uh ggg triple g in the house saying with a, a super chat and by the way thank you good evening gents keep up the great work we're gonna do our best we're gonna do our best big dog thank you for the kind words and the support zach i wanted to uh talk a little bit more about we uh, we teased it a little bit um but we mentioned one of the guys from your article so because listen Every single day, listeners tune in. They hear Zach Kelberman analysis. It's, I mean, on the reg. That's what we do on this podcast. Most of the stuff that Zach writes, because it's that's what his responsibility is, is news, Broncos news from around the web. Every once in a while in the summer, though, when it slows down, we get to actually read Zach Kelberman analysis type stuff. And this is one of those articles. Hopefully you guys checked it out. It was a really good read. Let's talk about the other three guys on your list uh, one by one real quick, starting with uh, number two. I believe it was Lloyd Cushenberry, and um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I do think Cushenberry could stay, but the caveat here, if Forsyth, Alex Forsyth, seventh-round rookie, comes in and wows Sean Payton or just gels with the offensive line better, which, again, is an improbability, I'd move on from Cushenberry. He's obviously the weakest link of the of the offensive line. You're going to probably replace him next season anyway at the latest. And if you can get another late-round pick for a player who has, what, three years now of starting experience, I mean, that's not nothing in the NFL, I'd probably do it. But among the players that I listed, the four, I think it's the unlikeliest. And I say that with bias only because I want the Broncos to pick up a new center. Yeah, and especially because it's just such an unresolved situation the closest thing the broncos have to a sure thing is lloyd which is what makes it a little bit uh sketchy for us right we're going if lloyd is the guy you perceive as the closest thing to a sure thing that gum you got some problems at center but um let's talk about the next guy on your list of potential broncos who could be traded before the season mike purcell and you could argue that Purcell should have probably been either traded or cut or restructured or something earlier this offseason, but he wasn't. He's on the the roster, and right now he looks like you're starting nose tackle, but that's way up in the air, as I wrote in that piece. We don't know what the defensive line to a previous super 
um, we talked about is going to look like. All we know is that Zach Allen and DJ Jones are atop the depth chart. They are entrenched as starters. But aside from them, we don't know who's going where. They did pick up uh, Tyler Lancaster, defensive tackle. They picked up PJ Mustafer, uh, a popular UDFA nose tackle. You can, if you trade Mike Purcell, you'd be clearing, I think it was three, three and a half million or 3.85 million. A, a good chunk of change that you could put toward a center, put toward a defensive end, put toward maybe Dalvin Cook, and they would leave behind like 100K in dead money, which is nothing. So, I know a lot of Broncos fans like Mike Purcell, but he's a, a one-trick pony as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't offer much in the pass rushing department. And if you want to get cheaper, you have alternatives on the roster. Uh, I'm frozen. There we go. Okay. Uh, Harold Jean, he's dragging his feet because he doesn't – did I click on this? Doesn't want to practice right. Did I click on this? I'm not sure what that's relative to exactly. Dalvin but, Cook, I'm assuming. Uh, there we go. Thank you. So he just doesn't want to practice. Um, sorry, I was popping in. I'm like, oh, you know what? We haven't done a super chat update. And then I pull up the, the sheet that we keep track of it. And then I go, oh, wait a minute. Scott's been gone for the longest time. Whoa. So then I came back and it wanted to do the wanted to do the draggy draggy. So Harold, uh, amen, big dog. Um did you know that Vic Fangio's middle name is Mick? All those years Vic we Mick. covered Vic, I didn't know his middle name was Mick. Vic Mick Fangio, Victor Mick <laughs> Fangio. I only I only uh, bring this up because uh, if Mike Purcell were to be dealt, wouldn't surprise me if Vic Fangio were uh, his his team, the Dolphins were on the receiving end of that because that's really where. Purcell, who'd been a grinder in San Francisco, you know, a, a depth guy that Fangio, you know, uh, found some use for. Then he really had his kind of uh, breakout in Denver under Fangio. So a lot of times that's how, how it shakes out. Um, let's talk about number four, and then we'll catch up with the Super Chats in the chat. Albert Okawebenom. And um, not much just – we talked about him a lot on the podcast in, in recent weeks. I just don't see where he fits in in this tight end room. And he's a player that could blow up in preseason and become a pri prime trade candidate. I was thinking of Trinity Benson when I actually wrote his um, insertion into the article, a guy who experienced uh, success in the preseason and the Broncos capitalized off his hype and dealt him for a late-round pick. You have Greg Dulcich. You brought in two former Saints that Sean Payton handpicked in Adam Troutman and Chris Manhurts. Sean Payton didn't handpick Alberto. He inherited Alberto. Yeah. And basically, you wrote the article a few weeks ago, whatever, that basically Sean Payton put him on notice saying it's now or never for Alberto, and he wants consistency. And consistency oh, yeah. has been Alberto's biggest bugaboo. So, you know, I don't see where he fits in. And again, if, if they can get anything for him, I probably look into that. He definitely put him on notice. It it wasn't like drop the hammer on notice, but when the head coach, to paraphrase Sean Payton, says something to the effect of, you know, he's shown flashes this and that, but like now is the time. Right. That's that and, and you do that on a public stage. Again, you got to remember with Sean Payton, everything is is calculated. All right. And as he comes from the Bill Parcells school of, of football psychology. He knows how to work that. And so it'll either have the effect that 
Peyton is hoping for, Zach. And Okawebunam's going to go, yo, he's going to feel that pressure. He's going to feel that shot across the bow, so to speak. And it, his, he's going to rise his execution, his production. He'll rise to meet the challenge or he'll wither. If he withers, remind me what it was. Wasn't it a conditional fifth the Broncos got for Trinity Benson from the Vikings? I, I think Lions, it was a pick swap. Yeah. So that's a guy that it was whatever it was, um, a year removed, Zach, from not even hearing his name called on draft day and like basically a practice squad fringe guy who made a few plays uh, in the preseason and thus a spotlight was sh was shined on him. So a guy like Albert Okuwebunam, who is not too distant past fourth round pick, has definitely shown a lot more in terms of regular season, you know, film, tape, whatever, for GMs to know who he is. If he doesn't have a a summer that outshines maybe not Greg Dulcich, but if he doesn't outshine Troutman, if he doesn't outshine uh Manhurts and some of the other dudes on the uh, depth chart, I could, I could see that happening. And the question to me then is like, well, all right, what can you get? But if, again, if a guy like Trinity Benson, if George Payton was able to extract value out of that dude, I don't care where you're at on the NFL calendar, like what time of the year it is, then there's got to be something out there for Albert Okawebuna. Yeah. I tend to agree with what Dylan said in the comments. And I actually wrote that in the article. Uh, Albert O can't, catch consistently and he can't block and yeah. blocking Dylan, as you know, and most Broncos fans know by now with Sean Payton, that is a prerequisite. That is mandatory from a tight end in a Sean Payton offense. And Alberto is basically terrible at that aspect. And you know, Harold Jean says, give Alberto a chance. He's not going to be blocking. Well, how many pass catchers then do the Broncos need? They have so many receivers. They have running backs that can catch. They have two other tight ends they can catch. They have Nate Atkins, who they picked up as a UDFA that Sean Payton kind of compared to Andrew Beck, fullback tight end hybrid. It's, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned with Albert. Either he doesn't show well and the Broncos just cut him and move on, as they probably should have already, or he does show well and it amplifies his trade value and maybe you can um, experience Benson 2.0. I love it. Guys, go read the article. Uh Really, really fun read from Zach. Colby, the triple C in the house. Uh, we had the triple G earlier, and now we have the triple C. What's going on, big dog? He says, good evening, guys. Hope everyone is enjoying summer. It's hot out there. Yes, it is. He says, I'm just ready for some Broncos football. Uh, two weeks, that's all you got left, big dog. Home stretch, indeed. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the support, as always. And I just want to give a shout-out as well to uh, the Diamond Rattler in the house who I uh, one of my little treasures that uh, I hold near and dear. I keep it on display usually, but my camera's kind of like tweaked right now. But check this out. Check this out. I know Zach gets jelly over this one because look at the detail on this freaking thing. All right. Can you guys see? Yeah, you can see that nicely. All right. This is a this is a talented, talented individual. Very grateful still. Stoked to see you in the chat. Tom, you've been waiting a long time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your support. He says, I honestly think we are going to have some players break out this year. It's the Sean Payton effect. Practices are no joke. I wonder if, if he allows music. Ha ha. Yeah, there are some bona fide like breakout candidates, Zach. I mean, Jerry Judy, you could make the argument. He broke out down the stretch. But I have a hard time in the same sense that we couldn't quite call Drew Locke's 4-1 you know, finish to the 2019 season as a rookie a breakout because – 
it, when it comes on the tail end of a season like that and, and it doesn't have like full season implications or whatever, I have a hard time viewing it as a breakout. Same goes for Jerry Judy last year down the stretch. An impressive final six games uh, where he was basically, if you extrapolate his production, Zach, over those last six games, he over a, a full 17-game season, we're talking 1,500-plus receiving yards. We're talking double-digit touchdowns. This dude was like off the chain. Uh, at a level that we haven't seen since the heyday of DT, RIP. Uh, so Jerry Judy's a, a, a breakout candidate. Who else, Zach, who else do you think um, could be a, a surprise breakout? There's a lot. I mean, on defense, comes to mind is Caden uh, Stearns. Definitely, he'll be probably a starter. Uh, Damari Mathis. You could talk about Drew Sanders as a rookie. Uh, there's so many, so much talent. And I'm also high on a Wuzurike. Uh, defensive lineman if he gets the chance to start or at least see playing time but the bigger <laughs> point being made here is that Sean Payton is going to run practice the right way and I'll be the first one to eat crow and uh, I said that Nathaniel Hackett not having contact in training camp last year preseason wouldn't matter it did matter and Sean Payton is going to do it the opposite and it should uh, the results should follow I'm chuckling over here Zach because to rewind the tape a little bit on the subject of Albert Okawebunam you know he's a guy that uh Dylan mentions right you can't can't block can't catch so then then you imagine that first conversation between Sean Payton and Alberto where Alberto comes in shuts the door behind him into coach Payton's office sits down in the chair and Sean goes what exactly do you do here <laughs> oh man yes Tom appreciate you big dog I'll give you another breakout candidate uh or a guy I'm really stoked to see break out, and that is Javante Williams, who there was a, another question from Facebook user, is Javante going to start week one? I am leaning like, because I'm actually buying what the team and now Javante are saying about his timetable, barring a setback, I'm like 80%. That dude is going to be the day one starter. Andre, that one guy, that's a newer name. What's going on, Andre, that one guy? Unless you've changed your handle, that's not a handle I recognize, at least of late. Says, I haven't caught a show live in a long time. Much love for all you guys do. Andre, so stoked to have you, big dog. Thank you for being with us tonight. And as always, really, really uh, appreciate you throwing down a super, helping us keep the lights on here at, at MHH, especially this time of year, Zach. We, we definitely appreciate that. Definitely. Thank you so much, Andre. If you have a question, comment, anything, please let us know. Drop it in the, in the chat, big dog. You know what to do. Um, Okay, all right, let me circle back. We're at about 28 minutes. Well, let's see what else we have here. We, we got a little bit of time left. Um, <laughs> a real quick shout-out to Mike. Sorry, I'm just laughing at some of the things in the chat. Mike Ronquillo, it's good to see you tonight, my friend. Hope you are doing well. Um, Zach, what do you think of this um, premise here from, from Angel? We don't need Javante to start right away. Save him for the middle of the season, like, week five through seven, somewhere in there, which I do agree in the sense that the Broncos, by virtue of the Samaj P. Ryan addition, aren't necessarily in like desperate need to get him back to a point where you risk uh, exacerbating anything or, or, or risk exacerbating the odds of a setback. Um, but at the same time, we got to remember, we're not talking about like, the Broncos going out and signing a Dalvin Cook, who is like a proven Pro Bowl RB1, or even um, Zeke, someone like that that has a pedigree in the league. We think, and the Broncos believe, Samaje could be a guy who can carry the water, 
but we don't know it for sure yet. So I'm kind of on the fence with that. Like if, if Javante's saying I'm good to go, the doctors are saying I'm good to go and I'm Sean Payton, I'm definitely not really questioning that. I'm going, this is a guy we're paying. He's a second round pick. We need him. Let's go Javante play this, play this dude. What's the definition of saving though? Is it put him on PUP and completely shelve him or just give him limited touches until week five, week six, whatever. I mean, I could definitely see the the latter being a possibility. I'm, I'm not going to throw him out there in week one against the Raiders, the team that he was injured against last year, by the way, and give him 30, 35 carries. I'm going to work him in slowly, but I'm just encouraged that at some point this season, whether it's week one, week five, week 10, whatever, we are going to see a fully healthy Javante Williams paired with another bruiser and Samaj P. Ryan. And that running game with that offensive line and a Sean Payton scheme is going to be nasty. Well said. Patrick saying, I need the Pro Bowl to return to Hawaii. My only chance to hit a quasi NFL game. I know, dude. I think that's. It's not the only reason, Zach, that the bloom is off the Pro Bowl rose, so to speak. There are many mitigating factors contributing to that. But that definitely did take some of the shine off of the incentive for players, I think, to uh, to win or to, you know, to, to be uh, elected to the Pro Bowl because who doesn't want to take a, a free trip to Hawaii? You got to practice lightly a couple of days. But the rest of the time, you're just enjoying uh, – being in Hawaii and I feel you on that really wish it would happen. Doesn't sound like that's necessarily those act in the immediate cards for the league. The pro bowl is the joke. I mean, Patrick, I I would want it for you, but it's become a clown show. I miss when they used to do like the passing competitions. I saw a clip on Twitter where it was like the 2000 passing, Kurt Warner was there and Trent Dill, whatever, whoever it was. It was exciting, at least. There was something different about it. Now it's just like uh, another ESPYs where people show up and don't do anything and get paid for it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, All right, let's grab this one here real quick from David Vasquez, who's always with us. Great to see you tonight, big dog. He wants to know, Zach, who wins the slot corner position? And let let me kind of rephrase that. And throw back at you. Is there any circumstance outside of injury in which Kwan Williams is not the slot corner? Even when he was injured last year, he suited up with that big ass cast on his arm and was out there whacking fools, Chad. So he is one of the better slot cornerbacks. I would say he's definitely top 10 in the NFL. And barring a major injury, and I'm knocking wood for that, Kwan's the guy. He is a severely underrated Bronco. He will club you. All right. This dude will club you like 50 cents. All right. Um, yeah, one thing that's really cool, I agree that he's one of the league's upper echelon nickel guys. And one of the things I think that separates him from some of the other dudes who have also been upper echelon, the Bronx have had in recent history, like Bryce Callahan most recently. And then, of course, one of the arguably the greatest slot corner, at least of the modern NFL, uh, Chris Harris Jr. One thing that separates k from those guys is his physicality in the box. Chris Harris was always a solid tackler, but I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't when I when I think of Chris Harris Jr. I don't think of like uber physical. I don't have images in my mind of him around the line of scrimmage or behind it. Whereas with Kwan, not only like Harris Zach is he unafraid to go wrap up and make a hit, but he does stack up a lot of production in the box, a lot of sack production as well in TFLs which is usually atypical for a slot guy. So, And that's also, I think, Zach, uh, emblematic of how 
His coordinators over the years have utilized him. A lot of like corner blitzes from the nickel and this and that. So he's he's able to stack up some of those stats that say a Chris Harris Jr. maybe didn't over the years, but he's a he's a good player. Like you, I'm touching wood. If he can stay healthy, it's solved. But if not, I mean, Isang Bassey, Riley Moss, they're I mean, even Jaquan McMillian. We'll see. Uh, Lawrence says, I think our fullback will break out under Sean Payton as coach. Uh, what's his name? Michael Burton, former chief. Um, I don't know. Eric Trickle, for what it's worth. Two, two issues I want to get your, your, your uh, thoughts on, Zach. He has Javante Williams starting the season on injured reserve, and then the Broncos bringing him back, you know, whatever it was, uh, four or five weeks in. Um, and then he also has, like, for sure, Michael Burton making the roster. Are you confident Burton makes this roster out of camp? I think he has better than good odds. I think he has like 60-40, 65-35 odds to make it, only because there's a reason why he was signed. He was one of the first wave of signings the Broncos made after hiring Sean Payton. And it's going to be, like I said earlier, a very physical, smash-mouth, ground-and-pound type of offense with the running backs and the offensive line uh, they've put together. My only question is, I talked about Nate Adkins, the undrafted rookie tight end slash full fullback hybrid if he stands out you're not going to keep two fullbacks you might not keep one but you're definitely not going to keep two I would say Michael Burton being the veteran having the experience and uh being a former chief helps him out a little too yeah he's um Sean Payton is usually you know you go back 15 years of history in New Orleans uh he usually rostered a fullback and I think that becomes even more important in Denver because of the emphasis on battening down the hatches, Zach, and really becoming experts in the running game. But I, we also got to remind ourselves that uh, Michael Burton played for Sean Payton back in 2020 with the Saints. So I like his odds of, of making the roster, but I did think it was a, at least a question worth um, tackling here. Um, okay, let me jump back into the chat here. Uh, Nick Hale, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. He says, what's up, Priest? I know you guys keep super busy with researching, writing, and reporting, but I'm curious, as a fellow football Bronco connoisseur, what are you guys looking forward to most this season? could be anything. A specific player, the energy, connection football brings to people, the Broncos winning? Ha-ha. This is a fun question, Zach, outside of the norm, you know? You start. What, what are you looking forward to most? I don't know if it's cliche, but I'm definitely excited about Sean Payton being the head coach. I mean, it's still not comprehended fully how big of a get that is for the Broncos organization, and he's going to instantly turn them around. And by that token, I'm very excited about uh, Russell Wilson in year two, looking more like the Russell Wilson of old and shutting up so many of his haters and detractors that have clowned him for over a year now. But my most important thing is a winning season. Speaking personally, I have an ex I experienced it one time in 2016 since I started covering this team. I have yet to see a playoff game. I think the Broncos will reach that point. They'll get to 9-8, and 10-7, make a wild card, and I can't wait for them to at least get back into relevancy where people talking about them and not adding a joke at the end of a sentence. I tell you what, I am, uh, by the way, good to see you, Todd. Uh, welcome to the chat, my friend. I am excited and looking forward to the Russell Wilson Hashtag restoration season, hashtag revenge tour, 
because I think it's going to be um, an out of the gates type realization for national people across the league. Broncos are not going to be um, a, a disorganized in over their head uh, product on the field. I think you're going to see all of a sudden the Russell Wilson that you remember, maybe a diminished version because father time is undefeated, but you know, it's like I, I described to people in my mind's eye watching Russell Wilson all those years in Seattle, Zach, and especially when the Broncos would lock horns with them. This dude was just like one of the most stingy guys in critical moments, like refused to lose in critical situations, whether it was third down. I mean, he would just find a way, make a way. Red zone, find a way, make a way. Uh, when, the ch- when, when it's clutch time, just period, end of the game, find a way, make a way. And that version of Russ that everybody came to know uh, along with a lot of other attributes of Russ kind of got dispersed into the football ether by all those weird, uh, we'll, we'll just say perpetrators last season, namely, especially at the top, Nathaniel Hackett. And I think that disciplined, savvy presence of mind, always in command of his presence of mind, Russell Wilson is going to be out of the gates, the guy you see on Sundays because of Sean Payton. And the implications of that, to me, mean everything else with Russ is restored and kind of takes care of itself. So one of the things I am most looking forward to in a long-winded way of getting back to it here is the Russell Wilson revenge tour. And I can't wait to see what condiments people use to eat their crow across the fruited plain. It's going to be fun. I'm a sriracha guy when I have to eat my crow, but not everybody is. A lot of people are judging Russ or predicting Russ based on Russ from week one to week 16 last year. But I think we're going to get week 17 and week 18 Russ in 2023. And that's the big difference because it looked like the old Russ. He was making plays. He was moving around the pocket. He was launching those moon balls with a slight change in coaching. And again, if he can do that under uh, Justin Outen, I cannot wait to see what he can do under Sean Payton. Okay, Andre. Yeah, he says, I I was Andre Williams. I just changed my handle. Okay, now I recognize you, big dog. Thank you for the clarification on that. Uh, appreciate your support, my friend. Um, okay, Zach, we're at about 40 minutes. We've kind of landed on most of the topics I wanted to get to. I would say that we could uh, – yeah, Nick, this is – we can come up with something. goes, hey, dudes, I love that Russell Wilson revenge tour. Can we get some T-shirts made? We shall see. We, we – uh, you can't use a player's name or likeness without license. So we can find other ways, though, to, uh, you know, tiptoe around those things. We, we, you just got to get creative. Um, but, Zach, I kind of was thinking when we before we went live, well, maybe we'll go through Eric Trickle's 53-man roster projection that published right before we, we went live tonight. But now that I think about it, it's Thursday Dove Valley Deep Divers is tomorrow night. I don't want to take. I don't want to steal that thunder. They might. They might be planning to go through it. Um, so, guys, this is uh, your last call. Anything burning on your on your minds? Get it in the chat. We'll try and uh, grab it before we dip out of here. Mike, great show tonight. Chad and Zach, appreciate you, big dog. So, I want to just throw one last thing at you as we let guys get anything in that you want to get in. Um, we learned uh, over the last four days, or pardon me, over the last couple days. I think it was yesterday, actually, we learned that four Bronco legends have advanced to semifinalists in the Hall of Fame voting process. To wit, uh, Mike Shanahan, Dan Reeves, um, 
Randy Gratishar and Gibbs. Oh, thank you. That's right. Alex Gibbs, which was interesting to see Alex Gibbs, you know, the, the actual brainchild of the zone blocking scheme. I think he's very deserving the way he, uh, the innovations that he wrought that changed the game and are still not just like, you can still see traces of it in the league. No, 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 no. Like that's offense now in the NFL by and large, the zone thing. Um, yeah, take care, Lawrence. Great to see you, bro. So how are you feeling about the four names in the semifinal uh, you know, list? And uh, who's got the best chance this time around, you feel? I feel like they all belong in the Hall of Fame, if we're being honest. They all have the credentials. They all have the resume, but not everyone gets in. And there's still, to me, that Broncos bias in Canton. For whatever reason, it might be a conspiracy, might not be whatever, Randy Gratishar should be in. You, you compare his stats. I, I sound like Thomas Hall right now, but he's right when he says this. You compare Gratishar's stats to most other people in the Hall of Fame, and he either is comparable or better than them. So he definitely deserves it. And how about Mike Shanahan, a coach that kind of changed the game, at least with his you know zone-blocking schemes, his running games, the ability to plug any running back in and make him a 1,000-yard guy, the Super Bowl success with, with John. I mean, it's it's negligent on the on the part of the Hall of Fame voters why these guys aren't in. I know four are up, but I would be smitten if it's just one made it from this group. Fully. I agree on that. And by the way, Lawrence, bro, Big Boy Stars on Facebook. Thank you, Big Dog. Um, yeah, the other thing you got to factor in, yes, with like Shanahan, the Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. How many head coaches in NFL history have won back-to-back Super Bowls, let alone two? But back to back, let me tell you, it's a rarefied list. If they don't get, if Shanahan's not in the hall this year, then I'm going to start worrying about who has a grudge, what's going on here, specific to Shanahan. With Gratishar, man, we've been singing this tune for years now. It's like they can't deny him again, but we say that every year and they find new ways to do so and just dismiss this guy. And I really am terrified, Zach, at the notion of him someday getting into the hall as a posthumous uh, enshrinement. And if that were to happen, I'm sorry, but like that would honestly be a mark that those 50 Hall of Fame voters would have to carry on their souls, literally, on this plane of existence and the next, because that the height of football injustice, like it could it can't even be uh, reckoned with. Uh, last one here, Zach, and then we'll dip. From Alonzo Gonzalez, jumping in with a very generous super chat. Thank you, big big dog. Says, I am so excited to see the O-line improve. I just hope one of the centers steps up or we sign one. For what it's worth, Zach, and thank you, Alonzo. Really appreciate you. Uh, not to steal too much thunder from Eric's article, but he, uh, of course, has Lawrence uh, – or pardon me, Lloyd uh, Cushenberry making the roster. Yeah, hello. But guess what? He's got the rookie, Alex Forsythe, actually winning the starting job this summer. So I don't know. You know, we'll see how much opportunity there really is for a Kyle Fuller or a Forsythe or a Wattenberg or anyone else they try at center to really leapfrog and, and dethrone Cush. But I think the O-line still around him, it's been so upgraded that that has to lift his ship, float his boat a little bit too. 
Yeah, Alonzo and I are kind of in lockstep here. It's the point I made when I talked about Cushionberry for my piece. If Forsyth steps up, that's the preference here because he's a hand-picked shot and Peyton guy. He probably had no business going in the seventh round either. I feel like the Broncos got really good value with Forsyth. But Cushionberry is the incumbent. You know, he has the experience. He doesn't fit the power, you know, blocking scheme in place under Sean Payton, but the hope is with a better guard next to him, with a better, with better tackle at right tackle, and some stability at right guard with Quinn Miners, Cushionberry, you know, will be at least decent. But it's kind of like having a cavity in one tooth. If you don't treat it, it affects the other teeth, it affects the gums, it affects other things around it. And that's my worry with Cushionberry that no matter how good their other four players are, him being so below average is going to take down the competency of the entire unit. Well said. And yes, Mike, Dan Reeves should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and he passed not too far back. It's it's uh, unfortunate. But uh, yeah, his his resume is worthy, but he gets painted with that same brush as, as a lot of deserving Broncos, which is small medium market. You know, you're not a Steeler. You're not a Cowboy. You're not a Packer. Uh, you're not a Dolphin. You're not a Niner. Uh, I might be missing one or two, but oh, you're a Bronco. That's the, if problem. you're a Bronco, yo, good luck. But Zach, I think that pretty much covers it. Should we go through our, our, our messages? Let's do it. Thank you again, guys, for another tremendous episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter, the mothership at mile high huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, mhhmerch.com. Check that out. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. On Instagram, you can follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And be sure you're leaving your football pre a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, I implore you all to subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Uh, much love and respect to our Super Chat superstars tonight and supporters throwing down, helping us keep the lights on at MHH. David McElrath, Sam Bam, Troy, uh, Tom, Triple G, Andre, Colby, Mike Ronquillo, Lawrence Rivera, um, and then of course, not to be, uh, not to be overlooked, Alonzo. Much love and respect, you guys. Can't wait to see you on Sunday night. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.